Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here with Freedom Nation podcast, and I am super excited uh, to continue our series of talking with people that have gone from the corporate world, created their own freedom engine and have gone off and left corporate and gone on to create their own businesses, their own freedom engines. As you know, that's one of the things that we tell you about is that you want to be able to create that freedom engine that's going to replace the income that you uh, need to live on, not replace your total income, but replace the income that you need to live on. So today we have Kathy Gassett. Uh, Kathy is a business coach, and Kathy specializes in working with um, people that are going from corporate to a business, you know, to, to leave and go on and create their own businesses and really helps them to build their uh, their worlds up. So Kathy, welcome to the show today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you on here. It was fun kind of talking to you ahead of time with this. I'm looking forward to digging a little bit deeper. So why don't we start off? Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you're at today? Sure, absolutely. So I am a generation Xer, right? And that generation uh, typically saw their their parents um, in a one income household, right? So yep. I had my mother was the the homemaker and my my dad was the one, the breadwinner. And so really I had those two things to model, you know, mm. modeled for me. And um, I I chose modeling after my dad and, and I couldn't tell you what in the world he did. I just knew that he got dressed up for work in a suit every day. He carried a briefcase. He went to an office. He did some stuff and he came home and that's what I wanted to do. I had no idea what he did when he got there. But so I just knew I wanted to be in business in some way. Um, I wasn't passionate in any one area of business. I just knew I wanted to work in an office and dress up and carry a briefcase. And so when it came time for college and, and trying to figure all that out, to be honest, um, my, my college career, I started at a community college. That's where I went for the first two years. And then trying to figure out where to go for the last two really came down to who was going to give me the most money in scholarships. And so that ended up being central Michigan university. Right. And really it came down to flipping through the course catalog back then when it was a physical book that you had to look through. We're of and, the same generation. You're speaking, yes, you're speaking yes. to the crowd now. I love Looking it. through the course catalog in a book saying yeah. what and then actually having to physically go in line and stand and stand there up. And yes. Up. Walk in line and sign up with a yeah. car. Those yeah. are younger members. They have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. This is awesome. Oh, it's so much fun. Anyway. So it really came down to just flipping through that book and saying what looks most appealing because I didn't have a passion one way or the other. And ultimately what it came down to was um, management information systems. So technology is my background. That's what I went into. I got a bachelor of science in business administration with uh, an MIS, management information systems yeah. degree major. And that started my technology career. And so I've been in the technology industry for 20 years, mm -hmm. only two companies, 
The first one out of college, I spent two and a half years there, was traveling as a management consultant back and forth across different uh, sites. And that got old really fast. (laughs) And then I moved from Michigan to Florida, where I got my second job and I stayed there for nearly 18 years. Um, And like a lot of people who are in that corporate position, things change over the course of your lifetime, right? I, I got married, I had three kids. And my priorities changed, right? This is probably a story you hear a lot. My priorities changed and just the demanding hours, the, the disregard for having a personal life and needing to be home certain thing, for certain things and just kind of that, uh, that toxic culture um, mm-hmm. that's common to a corporate environment, just no longer aligned with who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And so I just reached that point that that paycheck was no longer worth what I was going through to receive it. Yeah. And so I decided that I was going to leave the corporate career altogether because if I just shifted to another company, it was going to be the same old thing at just a different place. So I decided I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to start my own company and I had no idea what I wanted that company to be, but I knew that's what I was going to do. And I'm actually, this is how you've run the game up to this point anyhow. So this is exactly, exactly. It was just apparently that's the way I roll. And I'm one that actually did not start it as a side business along with my corporate career. I made the leap and then started. Um, I'm fortunately very good with money. I've mastered my money and I'm, I'm, you know, with investments and sort of thing, I I built up a really good little nest egg to support me through the, through the early um, part of my business. So I leaped then started. Mm -hmm. And I I did the same thing. It's not always the best way to do it. It's not always the best, but you know, it's just one way I could not stay in, in that location anymore. And so, um, I initially started as a health and wellness coach because it was one of those things of what do I want to do now? And so I'm looking around me for the clues. And at that time I was on a personal health and wellness journey. I'm like, well, let's go down that route. And so I even went back to school Mm. to get another master's degree. Cause I had, I had also gotten my MBA. Yeah. I went and got a second master's degree. That's how committed I was <laughs> with a master's degree in health and wellness. I became a certified wellness coach okay. and then realized I didn't want to do that after all. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it was, some of it was personal, but others was more others. Other reasons were more logistical in that when you do something nutrition related, you have what's called um, red, yellow, and green states. And that's the leniency that you have for doing that sort of work in a state. Florida is a red state. So there were, there were a lot more rules and that I didn't want to have to overcome. So I said, that's not for me. And so I went into some career coaching and That's really a long story, but ultimately I've pivoted multiple times trying to figure out my place in the coaching world because I didn't know what that was. And mm. as we'll probably discover through further questioning, being an employee at a corporation is nothing like running your own business. Yeah. And um, and so I had trouble finding my way. I had, I had trouble navigating outside of the corporate bubble and, and finding my place, finding my sweet spot. So I pivoted quite a bit. I went from this to that, still doesn't feel right. Um, ultimately settling in and with lots of lessons learned along the way to where I am now with, uh, being a business coach specifically for people that have left corporate yeah. and, uh, are stuck because of that transition. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's, and, and we had this discussion. I mean, it, it, I, I think people lose that identity. You know, you, you get in that bubble that, 
you know, hey, I get up and I go to work and I do so much. And I, I think of it from when I was a financial advisor working for, you know, a couple of very, very large firms doing a ton of financial planning and and thinking that I was really great at what I did. And then later on transitioning to building my own business and realizing I didn't know near enough. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know enough about running a business. I mean, I could run it. I could manage a budget and I could, you know, build projects and things like that. But I mean, the reality was somebody else was writing the checks in those yeah, cases. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a whole different animal when you're the one writing the checks in those cases. So mm -hmm. um, that's really interesting. So, so let's talk a little bit about that those pivots that went on, how did you, uh, you know, as you were pivoting, how did you kind of end up settling in this world that this felt like the right one? What was the process you went through? Well, first and foremost, it is putting myself out there to do the thing I'm thinking of doing, right? Because okay. you, you can't improve on something when there's nothing to improve upon, yeah. right? So if you don't take a step forward to do something, you'll never know. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it was really just, okay, just committing to what that is that I thought I was going to do and commit mm -hmm. to it and go forward and learn the lessons that you needed to learn to be able to make the next decision. And so that was a lot of it. And, uh, and really the, the pivots have all come down to this this place of, I, I grew up in corporate. I, I, you know, when I was still impressionable and, and learning the world and corporate is what formed me and molded me. Mm -hmm. So when I left, I, I really had sort of an identity crisis. Yeah. So a lot of the pivots were, were relative to me kind of rediscovering who I really was mm -hmm. and trying to, uh, overcompensate for things I thought I should let, let leave behind and I shouldn't have left behind and not leaving behind the things that I should have. And it was really just that discovery process of trying something and realizing this just doesn't feel like me, but I don't know what, who me really is. <laughs> and just, you know, doing the things to figure all of that out. And unfortunately it's taken me like four, three, four years to mm -hmm. get there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thinking back of what I really could have used to help shorten that learning curve hmm. um, is what has influenced the business yeah. that I do. Um, is well, that I, I would think, you know, I mean, you're the you, you have a lot of street credibility to say, hey, I spent 38 years in the corporate world. And now it's like, OK, I went through this and, it, you know, four years of struggle. Yes, fortunately, you had good savings and everything else. The problem is most people don't have that time right. to, uh, you know, if they were to do the same thing you did and rip the Band-Aid off and just go, you know, they're they're really not going to be prepared. And, you know, that's what I see a lot of times running co-working spaces is people do that. You know, OK, I'm going to rip the band. I just I'm not going to work anymore. I'm going to go and start my own business. And then they get out there and, and they're burning money because they don't really have a clue of what they really want to be when they grow up um, mm -hmm. in those cases. And, you know, a year into it, two years into it, they burn out and have, to, you know, or they burn through their, their nest egg and they have to go back to the corporate world, you know, which mm -hmm. is, it's the biggest shame that I see because people have seen their freedom and then Oh, now yes. they get pulled back in, you know, um, so I, I value what you're doing because there, there needs to be a lot more of you out there. There's, there's a whole lot more of them than you, um, mm -hmm. that you can help. So I don't think you're ever going to be out of clients because <laughs> there's constantly, and I think there's a, a ton of people right now that during the pandemic, 
and during the yes. great, you know, the great resignation that's going yes. on, there's a ton of people who are like, I want to go out there and start my own business. And they have no clue of what they're doing. Um, so that's fantastic. So let's talk through a little bit of the process that you take people through uh, when, when you engage with a new client. Sure. Well, I mean, it's business coaching, so you're going to get the business basics, just like any other business coach would, um, would do, you know, you have to learn how to select your niche, you know, who are you going to market to and what are you going to offer and how are you going to package it and how are you going to price it? And how do you have those conversations with potential clients to enroll them? Right. So you're going to get that. Um, but you're going to get that with any business coach, um, because those are the business basics. But the difference here is just that nuanced perspective of someone who has come from the corporate environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even further still, um, kind of the people who actually grew up in corporate, not Mm -hmm. the people that were there for five years, had a taste and then left. It's for the people who were there for, you know, two decades, like I was, Mm -hmm. who really have that ingrained identity um and because the more you've been in corporate and the higher you've gone the more deeply connected you are to that former persona right you your ego is tied not only to where you were when you left but everything in all of those years that went up to you achieving that status mm-hmm. and that deep connection to that firm, former persona is it, it, it holds you back in a very, very big way. And so there's business coaching, but there's business coaching that's nuanced in such a way to handle people that have been in that corporate environment for a long time, not only don't have the skill set as an entrepreneur to do all of these things and need to do it, but need to battle that connection and lose, you know, let go of those things that are really tied to that former uh, persona um, and handle the, the mental space, right? Because there's so many things that go on. Um, like for, for example, for me, my self-worth plummeted. Mm. And you would think it'd just be the opposite that yeah. you know, you're free, you've created this really successful career in corporate, you're, you're going off, you're doing things that other people only dream of. But that wasn't the case. My, mm. my self-worth plummeted because all of a sudden my six-figure paycheck went away. <laughs> yeah, I was the breadwinner. I made mm. more than my husband did. Sure. And now I made nothing until mm-hmm. I got going. Right. Yep. But there was that period of time where I made nothing and I felt worthless. Yeah. And, and it really, and I didn't know why at the time, but again, mm-hmm. it's through the self-discovery to realize how attached I was to that identity of all sure. that I had put into, to doing that work. Well, part, of, part of your identity was an income, you know, where, where it should be, your identity is uh, who you are as a person and everything else, but your identity is an income in a lot of those cases. And I kind of experienced the same thing. You know, I'd always had just tons of success wherever I'd been and then starting a business. And, you know, you just don't realize what it is starting a business and going from, and I was the breadwinner, you know, for the family. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, you know, Mm -hmm. all that, all that security went away. And, you know, now we're tapping into our savings and everything else to get. And I'm not contributing like I should. Yeah. Yeah, It just, yeah. So the big difference is along with the business basics Mm -hmm. is there, I do, I do a lot of work and kind of a, kind of a life purpose type, right? Yeah. Let's let's rediscover yourself. Let's get back to the basics and, and detach yourself from that corporate identity, figure out mm-hmm. who the real you really is, yeah. because that's going to influence all of those business basics that you need um, and in quite 
literally in a very profound way. Um, and then the other big one is, is money mastery. Um, cause I think that's one of the big things when you come from a corporate environment, it sounds very counterintuitive. Uh-huh. You actually come with a very scarce money mindset when you come from yeah. corporate, because if you think about it, you're in an environment where it's the bottom line, you do less with more budgets are getting cut. Your income is capped and only growth. Your growth is only linear. All of those things have created beliefs in your mind that money is very hard to come by. Uh-huh. It's very hard to get. You have to work painfully hard to get it. And all of that does not translate yeah. very well. well into and, and it's tenuous. You know, I mean, for yes. me, it was, and I, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, you know, I'd worked for very successful financial companies for years. And it, it wasn't until 2003 when, you know, I, I basically had job security. I really never worried about it. You know, it was like, okay, money was always coming in. And then all of a sudden in 2003, we'd gone through a three-year market downturn. And, you know, there were rumors that layoffs were coming and things like that. And I was working with the largest clients in our company. You know, so I'm like, ah, there's no chance of anything happening. Well, we were the first ones off the chopping block because mm-hmm, we were the highest mm-hmm. paid. And all of a sudden that, that security went away. And I mean, I, that really hurt me for a long time period because I didn't have that same feeling of security that, you know, money's always going to be there. All I have to do is work and and do it tough. And so I went through a, about an eight, eight year period of time where, you know, I mean, it was literally waking up on Saturday or Sunday mornings and okay, the day is great. And by the afternoon, you know, you get that little feeling in the pit of your stomach that you got to get up and go to work the next day. Yes. I remember <laughs> that feeling well. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was the, the first day, my first freedom day eliminated that worry and feeling of, you know, I could get laid off and all that type of stuff, you know, and then it, then there's other challenges that come after that. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was making that jump to know, okay, nobody can fire me. I mean, I'm, I'm the top of my in all of my businesses, I am the top person in that industry. So the only person that can fire me is me. At mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And the thing when it's, when they're, when it's money related, when it's money matters, yeah. it affects everything. It affects Absolutely. who you market to, what you sell, how much you sell it for your mind. When you're engaging with your potential clients, it mm-hmm. affects everything. So money yeah. mastery is huge when you're coming from corporate Um, So that's a little bit of a difference um, from what I do. And then I really get into productivity and organization because that's actually one of my superpowers. I'm one of the most organized people you will ever meet. And a lot of people have a trouble when they go from a very structured, disciplined environment to now they're calling the shots and they have to create that structure and discipline. A lot of people struggle. So I focus a lot on productivity. And they have to hold themselves accountable to it. I mean, I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges is it's, you know, once again, like I said, I get I get to live vicariously and watch the people around me working, you know, living in a co-working space, basically seeing a lot of small business owners. And it's, it's that very thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're, you're hitting right on the button, you know, on the button, we're going into summertime and I'm, I'm already seeing, oh, you know, well, I'm not going to come into the, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been in the office for about a week or so. And I'm out with my kids and all that. And, and what ends up happening is about late August, early September, that's when they go into panic mode because, <laughs> oh crap, now we've got to make some money because the kids are going back to school. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so how do you handle the organization and time mastery for people that are in disaster area with that? <laughs> 
Um, well, to keep this short, I mean, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna come down to priorities, obviously, and, and a lot of people have trouble figuring out what their priorities are. Because yeah. again, going back to corporate, everything's priority, you mm -hmm. got to get it all done. Yep. So we get into this, this, this mode of juggling everything that's number one, um, and working extra and burning ourselves out to do it. So a lot of people have trouble figuring out what the priorities are. So a lot of it is, is helping people prioritize. Um, and some of it's just a skill set of prioritization and some of it's knowing what to prioritize higher than other as an entrepreneur, yeah. um, just because it's a new, new space. Um, so prioritization is, is a big thing and, 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 and helping figure out what those priorities are, um, as an entrepreneur. And then it's also then setting up those priorities through, through the week and figuring mm -hmm. out what system works best for someone to allow them to accomplish um, those priorities, um, you know, and then talking the difference between, you know, the priorities that are going to move your business forward versus the business, you know, the back of house type priorities that still need to be done, but don't necessarily make you money. And how do you work all that and figure it out and block your time accordingly in your calendar, um, to do that, but also do it in a way that works for you. Cause everybody is different in terms of how they work, you know, what times of day they work best, what days of the week they work best. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just figuring out the, the, the right way to tackle those priorities. So figure them out and the right way to tackle them um, so that you can get them done. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's so fun or it's so funny to, to watch. I think people come from the corporate world and, and they'll still stick with the, the eight to five schedule. And, you know, that might or might not work for you. You know, for me, that does work. You know, it's just because I, I need to be at a physical space. That does work for me, but I mean, other people, it's like, you know, you don't have to get up and go to work at eight o'clock every day, but you need to have some kind of schedule that you keep. You can't mm -hmm. just be like, one day, okay, I'm going to come in at 11, the next day at eight, or I'm going to get up and walk down the hallway in my fuzzy bunny slippers. And, you know, I, I think it's as important if you're working from home, you know what, don't sit in your sweatpants and t-shirt and all that, get dressed somewhat to, uh, to get up you know, for that day and get your mindset set to get there to be at work. Yeah, there's in the game. There are huge inefficiencies of switching up your mode of operation and, yeah. and switching between tasks, right and left constantly. There is a, a mental capacity that just gets sucked up just mm -hmm. by having to shift your thinking to one, you know, one activity over another. So yeah. One of the best things you can do is, is, is time block. And that's not something new for me. I mean, a lot of experts promote that, but that that's something I implement for my own business is all your coaching calls are on one day. You don't have a one on Monday, two on Tuesday, and then another mm -hmm. one Friday and it switches again the next week, right? Yeah. All your coaching calls are on a particular day. Mm -hmm. You do social media, all your social media should be done on a different day, right? Block your time. And, and because that way you're focused on whatever that activity is, and there's such a synergy and efficiency that you you create for yourself when you focus on the same type or similar activities within a time block. Um, so yeah, you have to commit to a schedule. Um, and it doesn't have to be eight to five. For some, no. it is. For me, it's yeah. not. But no. I do have a schedule. It just looks really, really weird. Um, but I commit to it, and I I block my time, and I do certain things on certain times or certain yeah. days of the week. For me, you know, and that's the same thing for me. You know, there I, there's so many demands on my time just with personal interactions during the day that I don't get a lot of time to work on the projects that I'm working mm -hmm. on. So that's my, you know, from six to 8am 
time. I get up, I always work on some kind of project. I want to finish something before 8 a.m. every day, you know, and then a lot of times in the evenings I'm working on writing and, you know, design of, or, or you know, design of the book that I'm working on or whatever. That's my time to kind of be away from everybody coming up to me and asking me 50,000 questions a day. Yeah. And that's the, you know, also leveraging the times of the day. I mean, you yeah. know, when, what time of the day are you at your peak? Like yeah. your brain is mentally sharp and ready to go. You want to, you know, there's certain mm-hmm. activities that are better than others to do during that time. Sure. Whereas you reserve activities like, oh, I need to check some email and respond to some things when you're a little less, you know, yeah. I mean, when the brain fog sets <laughs> Le- in. Less in the game at the end of the day. Right. There's so. a strategy there. And you just, and sometimes you don't know what it is right away. You just, mm-hmm. it's trial and error, but then ultimately create what I call my CEO calendar. Mm-hmm. And that's what my week nice. will look like um, generally. Um, mm-hmm. Each week, same. And then obviously you have things that come in, but um, you can account for that when you're I efficient. Love it. Love it. What's uh, what's new in your business? I mean, it, your business is pretty new at that point, but what's what's mm-hmm. kind of new going on for you in the future here? Um, well, a couple things inside and out. So inside, I talked about how the money mastery piece is so important. So I've been doing a lot of work beefing up that um, part of my business mm-hmm. um, to the point where I actually have now just a, a really intense VIP day just to do okay. that only. Mm-hmm. Um, so the money mastery piece has really been an important part to 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 bolster. Um, and so you're going to get a lot of great um, exercises and, and coaching in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just externally for me, um, it, it, which demonstrates why I'm actually here is just looking at my marketing plan. Um, and again, this goes back to figuring out what feels good for me, not because an expert tells me you need, you know, you need to do this. Um, I, what aligns for me is kind of doing the speaking thing and I want to get published in publications and mm-hmm. you know, I just became an executive contributor to brains magazine. Um, so it's finding avenues to market yourself that feel good to you, not just because somebody told you you have to. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm I'm really um, trying to put myself out there more, um, you know, podcasts. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be writing for some publications mm-hmm. and, uh, and get the word out. And uh, like I said, the money mastery piece is something that I've really bolstered. Really and that's, cool. that's a little bit new um, along with the business basics that you get. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, well, let's now transition to the okay. fast five questions. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. All right. So the first one, you wake up in the morning and the business is totally gone. You still have all the knowledge in your head. You have 500 bucks, laptop, computer, place to live, food. What are you going to do first? <laughs> you know, I hate questions like this because I, I used to be a business analyst, which means I need to know the ins and outs and intricate <laughs> details of everything. So I have so many follow-up questions for this, like, yeah. but in the absence of all information, really that would be an inflection point. And anytime right. I have an inflection point, I take a pause and get organized. Like I said, organization is one of my superpowers. I feel lost if I am not organized and that's mentally and that's physically. So I take mm-hmm. pause and I get organized. I okay. take pulse of my surroundings and figure out what my next step, clean mm-hmm. up my environment um, and just plan my attack. That's what I do. I so love get that. organized. Yeah. And some people, yeah, some people are just like <laughs> fire and forget and figure it out. It's like, not me. but that's not going to work for you. That's, that's no. fantastic. 
Um, what is the biggest business mistake that you've done since you've been in business? <laughs> Pick one. Wow. Oh, yeah, there's too many, but I would have to say, um, because I don't look at them as mistakes, I look at them as learning. But the one thing I could probably say is just not spending my money wisely in the beginning, okay. right? Because yeah. you 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 go into this thinking. I want to call the shots. I'm done being told what to do. I want to, you know, I want to do what I'm going to do. And then you realize, oh crap, I don't know what to do. So <laughs> I need someone and, to tell me this, what to do. And, and crap, this cost me money out of my pocket. And now. So <laughs> I am one of those that went after every freebie, every five day challenge, trying to piecemeal all of these free nuggets from people and duct tape them together into yeah a business and you cannot do that. You cannot take freebies from people and the, the free advice and, mm -hmm. and expect to, you know, put it all together. You need a holistic mm -hmm. kind of education and training and I need it more per personalized to me. Um, so I, I wasted a lot of time and energy. I've got courses and, you know, freebies that from years ago that I've not looked at because I just ordered them. <laughs> that's probably a big mistake. And I would do that all over again if, if I could. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we've all done that though, but I mean, there's just so many, uh, and I think that the other part about that is there's so many things that are out there like that, that people just keep bouncing around and it's that focus issue, you know, of, of figuring out what it is you want to do and why you want to do it. So, yeah. yeah. So I, it's I not, don't spend money. Don't yeah. spend it. Just be, just figure selective. out where to spend it. And, yes. and this is where you and I kind of, uh, I think we were similar in that. It was like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to start this thing and go off and figure it out. Um, I think a lot of people should spend some time while they're still working. Take mm -hmm. that extra two or three hours a night mm -hmm. that you're going to be spending as a new business owner. Mm -hmm. Start getting some practice by looking at, okay, take some of these courses, figure out what what it is you want to do and then get something started on the side. Yeah. yeah. And as an aside, just a quick tip. If you hear someone say, no one else is teaching this. You're, this is the only place you're going to hear it. Taken so many courses that I've heard it in every single place. So don't <laughs> buy it. <laughs> there is no new information. It's been saying, it's being said. Yeah. No, it's, been, it's being it's been said packaged in a couple places. different ways. Yeah, it's yeah. just a different packaging <laughs> on the same information that has been taught for years. So yep. what's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? <laughs> you know, I could easily just uh, falsify this and tell you one of the many, you know, popular books, but I am one of those that buys all the books, reads a chapter, puts it down and never finishes it. There you go. So to be honest with you, I don't have one because I don't ever finish a book. <laughs> That's just the honest truth. I don't, I don't finish them. So yeah. I don't have one. <laughs> Well, and I've told people this before because I, I do book reviews on this podcast sometimes. And I'll, the um, the thing with so, so many business books is they are, there's about maybe 20 or 30 pages of good information in them. Uh, and the rest yes. is just filler crap yes. um, in most cases. So, you know, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I'll, I have my small group of books that I will go back and even reread and things like that. But I do a lot the same thing. I mean, I, and I'm a, I'm a writer by nature. So my, 
if you write poorly, I just, it makes yes. me lose interest to begin with. I am the same yeah. way. I used to be an English tutor. I tutored oh, good Lord, college yes. kids to write term papers. I actually oh, love writing God. term papers. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so many people that have self-published, it's like, you know what, spend about a thousand dollars and have somebody edit it for you because you cannot write. Please <laughs> yes. stop. <laughs> uh, all right what is a tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend for our audience and i always give the example evernote is my life because so much of my stuff is in there um what's a tool you use well as as the it person for 20 years you would expect me to come up with something technical and i do have all the technical tools right i have my complete technical stack and sure. the thing is it's all automated so i actually rarely use them on a daily basis because it all works behind the scenes mm. um zoom maybe maybe the one but really yeah. the tool i think this is the equivalent to what you're talking about but i'm an old fashioned girl i i write everything down so i would say my journals i have yeah. notebooks galore i have a stack of eight there's three of them behind me i carry them everywhere because if i get ideas i write them down because i'll forget them i take notes every everything i listen to and every if i do read something which is rare i mostly listen to things um i'll write notes i organize my my thoughts my packages my prices i just jot so my journals, it's all old fashioned for me. I'm old school. It would be my journals. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, I tell people all the time. I mean, I have, I have two schedules online that, you know, my teams have access to and they can move things around, but every morning I come in, write it all down in my, uh, in my day timer. I write my schedule out. I write all my tasks out. <laughs> And for me, and I, I, the reason I tell people to do it that way is, I, I, I don't know about you, but for me, it doesn't become real until I actually write it. Mm -hmm. And and that that moment, you know, it's like I I plan out my day, you know, or I plan out my week ahead of time, but it's not really until I get to that day, and then it's okay. What are the appointments that I have? Let me write yeah. those down, and then it becomes real, and it's in my head. Yeah, it's stuff. just online, and I'm relying on reminders to pop up. It yeah. just doesn't work as well. Well, studies have shown that the physical act of writing something helps you commit it to memory, makes yeah. it more real. And you, you know, you'll remember it and, it and you'll have more force behind it. And you do not get the same effect when you type it on a computer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've heard that with task list too. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, put your task list on there and then you can just click it and take, eh, it's not real oh. to me until I write it down and then I can physically mark it off then. Okay. That's done. And I'm good. Or are you the type of person that will put something on your to-do list that you've already done just so you can cross it off and have the the win? Because yes. I do that. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I and I wasn't doing that for a long time. And, and I had this, yeah, for the longest time, I had this never-ending task list that kept getting pushed every day, uh -huh. you know, things that weren't a priority. And then they finally get to be a priority. But yeah, I, I do that too, where it's like, okay, you know, I did this this morning. So let me go ahead and write that down. So it doesn't look like I only did two things today. Yes. yes. Uh, okay. Totally agree. Yeah. We're, we're from the same plot. So that's hilarious. We, I think we, we were, you know, we, we come from the same age, you know, mm -hmm. of like, Hey, we're both Gen Xers and we're kind of an, a weird animal as it is. So mm -hmm. yep. yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, what is the best way if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in contact? Um, the best way would simply just to be go uh, ooh, tongue tied, go to my website, which is okay. www and it's my name, Kathy okay. Grasset, K-A-T-H-Y 
G-R-A-S-S-E-T-T.com. Um, there's a contact form on there that you can send me a message. And if you go out there, there's also a freebie out there for you. Nice. Um, I know we talk about freebies, but I tried to make this one something really juicy that you can, you can actually put to use. It's the five money mastery secrets of the six-figure entrepreneur who came from I corporate. I love this. I love this. That is fantastic. Well, everybody... This is your opportunity to go out there and get those five money mastery secrets. Uh, go to Kathy's website. Uh, Kathy, it's been a pleasure meeting you and, uh, and certainly having you on the show. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing for the business community because it is so needed. Um, and I'm glad you finally tacked your way to this. In, in the end, you tacked your way to the thing that, that I think is where your heart is to begin with. And it's where right. you can have the most value and effect on our, on our business community. So thank you for what you do every day. And thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. You're more than welcome. And folks, like I said, every week we do these shows three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, we've got lots of cool people just like Kathy. And um, I'm in the middle of the project this summer. And so I don't think I've announced this yet on the show, but um, we will be launching the Freedom Day book in November of this year. Uh, we're putting the polishing finishes on that. And for those of you that are long-term listeners, you're also going to see some of our friends from the podcast be part of that book uh, when we talk about the different concepts. So we may see Kathy there, who knows? That would be awesome. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot. And we look forward to seeing you guys back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.